Sports Meets Beer podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bringing you part two of the Carl Ruiz interview. Uh, we had the fortune enough to uh, interview uh, a friend of both of ours, friend of the show, Mr. Carl Ruiz. Uh, you may have seen him on Food Network. You may have heard him on SiriusXM on the uh, OPE channel. Um, Formerly of Roland's Food Court until <laughs> that show took a shit. <laughs> Um, so we were able to catch up with him. He was here in our hometown of Santa Rosa uh, filming for another show on, on uh, Food Network. And uh, we caught up with him. This literally was recorded in a hotel room in Santa Rosa uh, over the course of one night. I mean, the chefs that happened to roll through that were all also a part of this Food Network uh, show. Which we don't really do a good job of introducing on the show because they just kind of roll in. Uh, yeah, Chef Bo McMillan and Eric Greenspan uh, come rolling in uh, in the middle of a conversation that we're having with, uh, the, the, with the Cuban, and uh, they immediately jump in. It's great. I tried really hard to not, like, nerd out with these dudes in the room. It was pretty funny. So I think, uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Without further ado, here's Sports Meets Beer Podcast with uh, the Mad Cuban, Carl Ruiz. So now that we're kind of rolling back into it, Carl, you said something before we went into break about, uh, you know, going into France or or cooking abroad being a waste of time. Right. And I kind of made a men- I kind of made a comment about, um, you know, I think it it perpetuates this idea or it perpetuates this thought or this mentality for people that they already put their quote unquote time in. Right. And you had made a comment about, you know, regional cooking. I kind of wanted to go back to that and kind of kind of. Just kind of talk well, a little bit more about cooking abroad being a waste of time. Here, here's the problem, man. I, either you're in the restaurant business or you're in the restaurant charity, right? So you want to you want to own a business, um, or do you want to own a clinic, like uh, or a school, right? Two mm. different things. The um, I'm in the business of making money, and most people in the restaurant business want to make money. Right. That's why we're that's very why we few do. do. That's why we do. Very few do. Why? Because they don't understand their customer base. Right. So a lot of stuff that I learned in France is completely and utterly useless. In your domestic region. Right. Like. When I first opened my restaurant, I went for the best bread I could possibly find. And it's my, one of my favorite things I follow on your Instagram account. Uh, but I found out. That most people, my initial customer base, thought it was awful because it was hard. It was chewy. I remember this one lady. She was from Fairfield, Connecticut. Never forget. She showed up. She looked like one of the Kennedys. <laughs> okay. She showed up. She just. Sure. I had in. taken off in a, in a continental one. Uh, her lipstick, her lipstick color was racist. <laughs> I'm following. I know exactly what she looks like. And she had more fucking pearls on than a fucking 40-year-old porn star. But she she uh snapped her fingers. Oh, my favorite. Oh, called me over. She said, "You Italians." <laughs> I looked at her. <laughs> so now I'm dead staring at this lady. I'm like, "This is who I'm dealing with," right? Quick aside, she said, uh, "You Italians, Italian. you uh, you like this old stale bread? I don't, I don't get it." 
So I looked at her. I said, you're still racist against Italians? Wait till you get to Spanish and black people. You're going to have a ball. <laughs> <laughs> you're worried about bread? <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> but... um. This anti-Selma nightmare. <laughs> this is the best thing about Carl. He tells us earlier in the show that <laughs> so that chefs just love to lecture their guest base as opposed to like try and cook regionally. Yeah. Carl just lets the guests invite him to lecture them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna be bread racist. I'm gonna deal with you. you yeah, know bread, I mean? a breadist. How you're fuck a breadist. You, you fuck. How you dare you be a breadist? You fuck you. How well, dare I, uh, you? I told my wife. I never forget. I told my wife. I said, just stick to the bread, and then, you know. One day we're sitting at the restaurant. We're like two weeks open, and uh, we have like these little IKEA benches, right? So all the good fellows, all their fucking pants right up, and there was three anklets in my restaurant at lunch, three federal anklets. I love it. And I look at my <laughs> wife and I said, "I told you not to change the fucking bread." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and if you ever deal with American Italians, they're the best. You know, they, they don't know how to compliment you in a normal way. Like in California, like people say easily, like, good job, high five. Yeah, man, you're a superstar. Awesome. Like, yeah, and, uh, <laughs> where I come uh-uh. from, like no. anyone that says that is either a cop or delivers pizza. You know what I mean? But <laughs> so Italians in, in New York would they'd look at you and they would either take a bite of my sandwich and they would look and they would say. My mother-in-law makes a sandwich like this. She's a piece of shit. It's garbage. It's salty. And that's how they insult you. And that's how they compliment you. It's the same thing. Right. So they can't compliment you without insulting someone else. So that's how I know the food's good. Because we'd have some spaghetti and it'd be like, I'm like, how's the spaghetti? They're like, well, it's pretty good. I said, "Uh, you like it? He goes, let me tell you about my mother-in-law, that fucking dizzy bitch. Tastes like fucking someone's throwing wet newspapers in my face. That fucking every time I eat a spaghetti, and that is a compliment, right? Because it speaks to their like their home, like their sensibility of home. Right. Yeah. So if they get to insult a family member, that means I'm doing a good job. So you so the point here is that like, you know, your <laughs> the sort of the line that's been drawn through all of this is that you have to. Cook for the people that are around you. Exactly. You have to make the people that are around you comfortable. Yeah. So this idea of like cooking in France, it makes you like internationally sensitive, but it doesn't make you successful. Right? I mean, cooking that's... Is in that France, kind of- cooking, cooking in France taught me two things. The first thing it taught me was... The ladies have no pants. <laughs> Sometimes. By the way, can we just talk about when I taught your son that song? Your oldest son that song? The oh place in God. France where the naked ladies dance? Your wife... She's wanted to punch me a lot. That was one where I really thought she was going to do it. I she knew. was so mad at that one song. <laughs> that song, I'm like, that's what it did to you? That's, Come on. Really? That's the, of all the shitty things I've said? The funniest, <laughs> thing, the funniest thing about cooking in France was the first time I got there, I realized it was a waste of time very early when everyone in the, in the brigade, in the, you know, the kitchen, they, uh, they didn't speak to me in French. They spoke to me in English because they wanted to practice their English to come to the United States. And I was like, oh, so that's how it is in your family. (laughs) 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 Nice. Ferris Bueller, baby. So, I mean, uh, just a real quick, I mean, if you you got there and realized it was a waste of fucking time, why'd you stay? I was in love. I was young. And... 
Hold on a second. You're telling me a young guy is in love somewhere? Chasing I was a girl? In, There's no way. Let me tell you something. I'm not buying it. I'm going to tell you something, Ben. When you have a girl that's a waitress, and she comes after after dinner service, and she's like, would you like to go to the bar? To a, Holy fucking Jessica Rabbit shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you are just Your like, fucking heart's doing this. Her accent. Her accent. Like, the accent. You know what I mean? And I have bad teeth, and she had bad teeth. I'm like... Your armpits have the same amount of hair and in them. I'm like, I want a French kiss for real. You guys wear the same. <laughs> under, you guys wear the same underwear. You guys talk about French kiss, and you guys are clanking teeth. And it was just like, <laughs> and like, and I'm looking at this French girl, and we have the exact amount of body hair, like we match up perfect. I'm like, like you have a, a goatee. By the way, he's goatee. wearing her robe right now. That's what that is. I'm almost a fucking Kardashian right now. <laughs> But, but the, the, I was just like, you just you know. slipped a rib out. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. fucking get a rib out, just oh, Christ, baby. so I can fit that wine scene in. Oh, <laughs> so, so Jesus. what I'm saying is, like, I just, uh, I just, I was in love with other cultures, you know, like being in Brooklyn and not knowing anything or not not ever seeing hot girls that don't speak English. That that's giant, bro. Plus, there's also like an element of. Like, I'm going to pick up something conceptually that will make me better. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be a French chef. I'm not going to be a, you know, an Alsatian chef or a mm. fucking Parisian chef. There's not, like, that's not what you're trying to do, but there's just something. Like, if you pick up a dozen things, forget about. So there's a couple of things I learned. Number one, don't put, don't put eggs in the refrigerator. Leave butter out all Ooh, the time. I do that. I do both of those things. Yeah. Nah, we leave butter out at the house. Um... The egg thing is weird. Um, protein. Trust, trust pro- the, we buy the we buy the eggs, bring them home, cook them. Then don't yeah. trust the sweatshop eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, um, treat proteins different, right? Okay. Like, uh, what do you mean by that? In the United States, like, so you have a steak, right? The steak is not proportionate to the veg or or whatever else is on the plate, right? The no, steak nah, is always takes over twelve ounces, and then your veg is an ounce and a half, and your sauce is a quarter of an ounce, like. Uh, Plates in France are split into threes, right? So you have as much veg as you have meat, as you have sauce. It's kind of, it's a different animal. These people understand. It's called civilization. Right. Right. Like, it's called balance. It's called, it's balance. And America is no balance. I mean, uh, there's three words to describe American cuisine. It's super big gulp. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Where it's poetic. Where you know, we we are the super big gulps of everything. For the record, I tried to get a uh, blooming onion delivered. They're closed. They're not going to do delivery right now. It's the best thing the in the world. Onion. I love blooming onions. Well, it's so interesting because you're you're dealing with you know a country of farmers, really, for the most part. I mean, it's got its its city centers, but it's a country of farmers for the most part. You have to try and make that shit survive. Like you have eight cows for the year. You have to make the eight cows last for the year. So you right. can't throw a 30-ounce steak on the right. fucking plate, right? Like, that's... Right. We know. live inside of a cornucopia, like, where, where we can get... It's funny, like, someone's like, oh, I don't go to that ShopRite anymore because the tomatoes are bad. I'm like, so you're going to blame ShopRite for January? <laughs> right. Mean? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you people people here have no no climate compass. They don't understand. They right. If you want a cherry... You get a cherry when you want it. But guess what? There are prices to pay for that type of freedom. And that, that freedom is the cherry's never going to be good. So Carl and I, back in the day, before we went freedom out to free. New York, Carl and I would go through like Santa Rosa Farmer's Market Wednesday night. 
We'd walk through there, and he would just pick up like a piece of whatever, piece of produce, just eat it. Tomato, like a hand fruit, <laughs> like, you know, herb, like fresh herb. Just right. eat them. Just do it. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, you don't understand. Like, we don't get this. Like, in, in New York, we just yeah. don't have it. It's like, oh, that's it. And then, like, I kind of realized, like, if you're going to make a composed dish, you have to understand what each individual thing tastes like. That was the, the first place that I recognized that was hanging out with Carl. And then in New York, I realized all of a sudden, oh, my God, the people out here are doing so much with nothing. Right. What, how many things do you do with They're a rutabaga in fucking January, right? right? Or, like, right. a parsnip. Right. Like, you know, what, like, you're cooking on the moon, really, in so many ways. And so, like, I was just, that was the first place where I thought, like, I reckon, what he's talking about now from, like, a regional sensitivity or, like, a regional awareness standpoint, right. that was the first place where I really, and I looked overseas as a kid, but I, fuck, I don't know. Like, that was the first place I was like, holy shit. Like, this is, like, there's real skill here. Because, yeah. you know. The shit I saw in France, like, the, the, the respect for, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't care for the food that I had there. I didn't care for it. I, it, it just wasn't my flavor profile. Who knew the guy that didn't like French food was going to turn out to review Red Lobster <laughs> cheddar biscuits <laughs> oh, on Instagram? But, <laughs> but it's you hard. Miss, it's you, hard you, as you, a, you pronounce cheddar biscuits. Oh, my mistake. My mistake. But it's, it's, it's very hard to, to, um, to come back after you have that culture because you come back to the United States and you realize how fucking asinine. Right. Doors. Oh, somebody's pizza. here. Somebody's pizza. here. Who's, who's here now? Come on in. Oh, no. Yes. What is going on right now? What, what is going on? Fuck? We are being overrun. We are being <laughs> overrun. <laughs> yes. It is ex- it is exactly what it looks like. It is exactly what it looks like. <laughs> a bunch of chefs just showed up. A bunch Adam of chefs was... just showed up. They're feeding Carl in his bathrobe. <laughs> All right, where were we at? Let's go, boys. Uh, we were just talking about how... Sweatpants Tuesdays. Well, we were going to get into Sweatpants Tuesdays. <laughs> but we were just kind of wrapping up this idea that... Traveling uh, abroad tra- sucks. Cooking abroad is can be a waste of time. For, you know, in terms of yeah, like... Yeah, I, 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 I honestly, I trained in France. And, and just to wrap it up, I think that... Uh, it's a waste of fucking time because you're cooking for a clientele that doesn't exist, right? So you can make the best hummus in Israel, but guess what? You bring it to New York, uh, none of those Israelis were there. They're not going to understand the nuance of how you do garlic and how you, you know, what you do to the chickpeas. You make the best bread in France. People aren't going to get it because they're not French. They didn't grow up. They didn't grow up teething on that bread, right? So... I think a biggest mistake chefs make is they try to introduce something pure into another culture. You can't. It has to be like a disease. It has to assimilate. You think they they, they put something pure into a bucket that's already it's just a mess? They try to they try to no, bring it out. Like of that. I mean, like it's... like pizza, like like pizza if you go to Italy, first of all, good luck finding pizza, right? It's all basically flatbreads, right? So right. Like, it's so thin. I'm like, because it's not fucking pizza. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not pizza. You know what I mean? Like, America has pizza. Right. There's something to be said, though, about cooking abroad. You'll hear me. Don't care. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody ever doesn't hear me. I think there's something to be said, though, about cooking abroad in the sense that you... It, give, it builds confidence in the sense. Like, when I, when I worked abroad, like, every, when I saw what they were doing, the biggest thing I learned was, oh, that's it? Right. Like that's the difference between your greatness and mm-hmm. and my fucking omelets that I was cooking shorter. Like 
like, oh, okay, if that's greatness, now I know that it's actually attainable and I can aspire to it, and I can take that mindset back. So it's not the recipes that can be unique. Right. And see, that's that, a... You can adjust, but, it's the, but there's definitely a mindset that you learn, for better or for worse. And that's Chef... So, and that Chef Greetspan, who we trained in the same circles, right? So I was in one French circle in New York. He was at simultaneously. He was another. He was in the different dive bar. He yeah. couldn't. You guys couldn't cross dive no. bars. <laughs> no, like you know, we would have one dive bar. They had their own dive bar. You know what I mean? We would be at Mary Lou's on Ninth Street. You know what I mean? But but the thing is, is I think when when you decide to be successful as a chef is when you stop writing love letters and you start writing menus. You know what I mean? And you start saying, hey, like, this person, Mary, Frank, Albert, whatever, they want to eat. They're from Arizona. They're from New Jersey, whatever. Take their sensibilities into into question when you write a menu. like, And that's what's happening in New York now is complete rejection of a lot of people's menus because they want to do authentic Southwest. Guess what? The guy that's eating it isn't from the Southwest. From the from the reviewer all the way down to the consumer, no one gets what the fuck you're doing. There's no one in New York that is, you know, uh, 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 bingo. We call it bingoing, like when you have those those uh, chili roasts, yeah, where you fucking it looks like a bingo machine. Yeah, yeah. But see, that I- doesn't exist. Stop doing it. So because they don't get it. They, the flavor, the people don't get it. It's too spicy. Of course. You're from Greenwich. But see, so, but you bring up an interesting point that I, I, we were kind of getting at here for a second. Is that, like, my thought was that, you know, coming right out of culinary school and cooking overseas perpetuates this idea that, you know, of people that, like, think they know it and don't put the time in. But what you're, what you're saying is what I was trying to get at was that, like going overseas actually ha- can ha- can have value, in that it demystifies a lot of what yeah. you know people think realize, is like this. It makes you realize it makes you realize that that level of greatness is attainable. Sure, do you know what I mean? And that it's and that it's not to be it's not to be revered. Do you know what I mean? Like when I worked for Atlanta Cost, and I worked for in New York, but it was like like it was just like working in France. And when I worked for Atlanta Cost, like there was some brilliance there, but it was also like wow, that's almost attainable. Like, I see what you're doing there, and had I not seen it, I would have thought, like, oh, that's so untouchable to me. Like, I can never cook at that level. And then you see that level, and you're like, oh, I can cook at that level. I'm as good as these guys. I'm actually better than these guys. Like, I actually think the best part about cooking abroad is when you realize, at least for me as an American-raised chef, that when you cook abroad, you realize, like, that guys who cook abroad, like, who cook in these great restaurants, fucking hate it. They hate their lives. They started cooking when they were 12 fucking years old. This is literally the story they, just told. They were forced They were forced into it. They, they were too stupid to go to architecture school. And so at 12 years, like, hey, idiot, like, you're going to go peel potatoes. Like, they are all fucking miserable. Yeah. And you learn that, and then you come back to America, and you're like, well, at least, like, we're all miserable, too, but that's because we're sick fucking people. You know what I mean? Right? But, like, but for us, like, we do this, like, we could have gotten a job at the post office or at the UP or, or, you know, or something else. We all cook, whether it's because we're of a sickness or not, but we all cook because we love it. You two fucks literally just used all of the same analogies. We're the same Post, people. Postal workers, <laughs> postal workers, fucking, I mean, all of it. I mean, yeah. so, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, misery and pain. <laughs> and I'm here and I'm sitting back sideways just hearing it. I think that that's the thing that you talk about because you, you cook abroad 
and you think, oh, I'm going to work for this chef and that chef, I'm going to leave Europe being a better chef and being a better thing. And it's, the value isn't in that, because you're not even fucking cooking. You are slaving away and prepping and doing it. And what you're doing is you're sitting in misery, but the, the value is in the discipline and in the tradition right. and the understanding of you don't know fuck all about fuck all. Right. And you listen to your listening. You, you get to hone your listening skills. Exactly. And you learn how to follow direction because right. if you don't, it's fucking game over. And that is the foundation that gets you back here. It's not the food. It's not the great French Basque. It's not any of that cuisine. It's not the bouillabaisse. It's not the fucking the Wellington. Well, it's yeah, not but- all of that. But what it is is going, I am the simplest form, but I can understand how to follow direction. I can understand how to listen. Right. I will turn something repeatedly, yes. repeatedly, and I will get my fucking knife skills on point. I will get my directional skills on point. I will not assume the next step. I will come back here and understand it one by one by one. And that is yeah, but value. You can't, but Carl's point is, and, and Carl's point is or my now, point is what he just said. Take, like You can't take the food and bring it back and want to replicate it. Uh, yeah. But you know what you can bring back is, is, for example, like while I'm doing this podcast, I text you guys and you come to my hotel room. Why? Because you look good in the robe. That's Because we're all fucking Spartans. We're all Spartans, right? We all went through some kind of training, right? So when I talk to you, Greenspan, when I talk to you, McMillan, we have a different conversation than a regular ci- civilian, right? Because if he says, come to my restaurant, do an event, it's over. He doesn't have to tell me, I have nine hot boxes, I have this, I have a sous vide machine. No, come do an event. And we have spoken. We're warriors, right? If you tell me, Greenspan, come to L.A. and fucking do something. Am I going to call you and be like, oh, is this? You would never talk to me again if my assistant called. Either of you, right? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. When the fuck? Yeah. We're we're spilling new truths here, guys. Spilling new truths. But I'm saying we're Spartans, right? Like when I talk to you about food, we start at nine and we only talk about ten, right? And when you talk about these home cooks and fucking everybody that's got the slap chop at fucking home, they want to high five each other. They start at two. They never get to talk to where we're talking about. Right. Because we talk about events. When I showed up for the Santa Rosa fires, like the last time you've been in Maine in the Southwest fucking Harbor, right. they make fried clams with French fries on a fucking dock overlooking a rocky coastline and seagulls are swooping in. Uh, eating the best fried clams you've ever had in your life. The best. The best. And that's where you are. That's where you can transcend, right? Go to Miami and try to have the same fried clams. Can't. Have you ever had a Cuban sandwich in Portland, Maine? No. I don't think there's... I don't think they would know how to no. make a Cuban sandwich. They'd probably deliver it with a burning cross. <laughs> <laughs> real truth. <laughs> Is that a crouton? No. Nope. That's a burning cross. <laughs> real truth. Oh, good. I thought it was kind of like, you know... That's so that that's a burning cross. That's not umami. <laughs> it's real truth there. Yeah. You can't even have that conversation. Like when you talk about the Spartan zone starting at nine, like even cooks today though, you can't even. Like you know what I mean? Like, when, like cooks now are foul, man. That's They're the mess. I think ultimately that's the message that you're trying to give is that like you know as a, <laughs> I know. As, well, it's like you know it's like a like there's a certain element of people that like they just they automatically want to be. Chefs, they automatically right. want to be on TV. They want to be rock stars. They don't. They're not willing to put the time in, right? There's this like. Well, it's also unfortunately where they choose. There's so many 
freaking places out there where people like choose to put in the time. This and putting in that time doesn't give you what that time needs. Absolutely. How can you be an amazing chef, but you're not an amazing cut? Like there's right. a process. There's there's a transition. I mean, I hate to say it. I, I, do you want to? Did I grow up when I, I want to be a fucking manager? I hope I can manage people when I grow up. That's <laughs> right. That's no, true. I, yes. so I dream of someday telling four people what to do. Best manager I can be. I want to manage shit, dude. I, I, that's not the way it is. This is an art. This is this is tradition. This is history. This is passion. This is a way to express everything in your life that you've learned up until now. But the thing of it is, is the power's in the food. It's the food first. You have to become a better leader. You have to be a great chef. You have to know how to manage. You have to know how to inspire. You have to know food cost numbers and labor cost numbers. You need to know the business side. That shit sucks for artists like yeah. That true love, just pleasing people. Absolutely. So be a cook. It's the best time of your fucking life. Be patient. Take your time. That's the key. To pay your dues is a big deal. When we when we walk in. Because there's just not that many pimps out there. Like when me and Carl were coming up in New York, it was like, it was Laverne Dam, Boulay, Danielle, that's it. George, there yes, is. that's it. There was no rocket science. There was wasn't like, 20 fucking chefs to work for everybody. Business. Everybody with tattoos comes great. first. Money comes later. Right. You want to be the best? Work for the best. That's the simple fucking plan that I've told people since they've started. You want to be somebody in this business? Then work for somebody. And it, you know... It's funny. So this is there's a line that we've drawn throughout this conversation, right? Like we in the beginning we were we had the game on still. We were saying no pitcher takes a brand new baseball and is able to just make it do what he wants. He's got to scuff it up. He's got to mark it up. He's got to spit on it. He's got to do his thing. He's got to that thing's got to be battle tested before it can even be used in the game. Same thing with this idea of you know what you guys are talking about with prep cooks and line cooks and whatnot. And this other thing of like, you know, it was the five names that you just gave, or um, you know, like you have to work for somebody that you can't just put in the time and expect it to work, right? You can't just walk through the battlefield and not kill someone yeah. and expect to be a soldier. You, you know, but the, the other side of it is from a leadership standpoint, we talked about, we said this earlier, you know, I tell our managers all the time, you can send these dudes into battle yeah. or you can lead these dudes into battle. Yeah. They're going to find you out as a fraud immediately yeah. if you try and send them into battle. That's like, that's like this morning, right? So, uh, so I come downstairs and I see... Two fucking incredible chefs, right? Greenspan, McMillan, fucking. To me, I'm kind of pumped they're in here. To be honest, with you. I just, I just love, I just love talking to them. Right. You know what I mean? But guess what we talk about? Guess what real chefs talk about? This is what we talk about. Dicks. We come in. How's everything? Good. That's it. Yeah. The rest, the rest is. Remember when we were cooking? That's right. Remember, and every time I have a conversation with Greenspan. Or with with Bo, it's about when we were at war, yeah. Yeah. right? Day, Not when we were generals, yeah. but right. when we were privates. Yeah. Remember that girl in the walk-in? Yeah. <laughs> like, rem- remember, remember that yeah. shitty fucking chef that made us fucking puree shallots for fucking nine hours? Like that, that it doesn't exist anymore. When I see these, you, <laughs> you see how we all plug in, right? It's like putting a fucking. It's like putting your hair braid into a fucking dragon the avatar. Only, the only like time every we're all fucking we're all jammed in, right? The only time I wish that we did a video podcast was when I could feel their recognition of the broad you were just talking about. I could feel it in my yeah, peripheral yeah, right like now. We all had that girl in the walk-in. You know what I mean? Like we all had. We all did something shitty. You know what I mean? We all we all had. 
you know, booze problems and life problems. And because when you when, oh. when I when I look at you and when 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 I look at Greenspan, we all miss birthdays. We all miss yeah, weddings. We all missed, we all missed uncle deaths and cu- and father's deaths and fucking disease. We cannot be part of it because we peddle in blood money. We sell when you are celebrating, right? So when you're happy, we're working. Right? So when, so when, I can't, why we, you, that, I can't tell you how many weddings we've been to, like friends and this and that. And this guy's, you know, he's behind the scenes fucking. Doing shit in a chef jacket, and he comes back out and sits by his wife for ten minutes, and then fucking jumps back in and. So you know it's so funny. So this is like, it's not verbatim, but this is so much like the passion in his voice right now. This is what took me from being like, yeah, I've done some time in the kitchen, and now I'm kind of a front of the house guy, in Santa Rosa to like, let's fucking go to New York and let's do something. Yeah. This is the speech right now, like literally, like, yeah. like I, I mean, said, you want to be part of it. You want to be part of it. You want to be big time. You're gonna die big time. You know what I mean, like. Like everyone in this room, everyone in this room, if Greenspan calls me tomorrow, right, and tells me I gotta keep, I need a secret, and you gotta keep it, and I get, I need this, and I need this, I'm gonna keep it. Sure. If my wife tells me the same thing, I'm going to the fucking lawyer. You're gonna bring it on the, <laughs> you're gonna talk about it on a podcast. Because she's a civilian, and I don't trust civilians. <laughs> and that's the way that it is. I mean, me, me and Bo been through some shit. Sure. You know what? You'll never yeah. fucking hear me. I don't care how fucking how many peas are in front of your podcast. You know, we get it, through, man. And we look at each other, we wink, and we move forward. And so that there's a brotherhood. There's those guys that have done what you've done right. and paid the dues and gotten the real way. And I'll tell you, you can spot an imposter immediately. Yes, immediately. immediately. You know, just, just the way they shake off. your hand. Hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. And there is, there's dignity in it, and that's the pride. That's the thing. It's like it's the Barry Sanders. I'll just hand the ball off. Shit. It's that. I mean, everybody has an ego. Everybody does. It's just, it's a natural ability. But the purpose is as internal as it is. It's so much more external. It's so much more about giving. And that's what I think chefs today and what what people they recognize them as athletes or superstars or all that shit. But at the end of the day. Dude, it's like this is your grandmother that taught you. These are this is your dad holding your hand on the ice machine or the fishing thing in the line. This is really it's about giving, dude. And these the chefs that I know, the chefs that I've known, and to this day, they will show up at 5 a.m. They'll go three nights without sleep. They will show up for a brother. They'll show up for a friend. They'll show up for everything out of that one purpose only because someone needs you. If I'm needed, that's what fucking yeah. counts to me. Bro. That's who we are. That's how it is. We're, we're doctors in a triage, you know what I mean? Like, like I was sitting at home before I came out here. I was sitting at home, just watching TV. So I see Facebook, and all of a sudden I see, like, holy fuck. Like, Santa Rosa's on fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? What'd you do? I didn't call, I didn't call Guy. I didn't call anybody. I didn't call the production company. You know what I mean? I called my boy David. I said, David, how fast can I get out there? And, and David's a big producer. And he said, "Bro, we have we're we're overwhelmed right now, Carl. We can't change your flight. You know what I mean? Whatever, you can do it on your own." I said, "I'm gonna send you a picture of my credit card. Get me to fucking Santa Rosa." He's like, "Well, it's gonna be whatever, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get me out there, cause I got a boy who needs help, who needs help. and he can't call me to ask me because he needs help." 
because he doesn't think this is important to me or whatever. But it is. We're boys. And I showed up with my luggage to fucking the Red Cross whatever. Santa Rosa Veterans Building. Yeah, I showed up. I showed up. And you know what? There was no like, oh, my God, you're so awesome. Or, oh, my God, you get a fucking gold star next to your name. He's like, get over there and do he's it. Like, he's like, how many aprons do you have in your bag? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, that's it. And the second words were like, bro, seriously? You're not going to, you don't have a can opener? We're going to open up fucking all these Hannikins. Like, where are you? So, and we fucking, we cooked and sh- quiet, done. No fucking high fives. Yeah. Criticizing us the whole time. Like, that's how you're going to make potato salad? I'm like, I'm like, hey, I'm fuck like, fuck you, man. We made the potato like, imagine salad. That? Like, I'm cooking for yeah. people. I'm cooking. I'm cooking for people that would that would at this point. They're so hungry. They would eat rumors. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah, man. It's and then I still have a chef looking at me. He's like, yo, you're going to hack out the potato salad like that, bro. <laughs> Again, and with the potato salad. I made the potato salad, bro. I don't know. You got to no, say that. No, it's not your potato salad. Oh, you just made a new potato salad. Okay, fair enough. We, that was amazing. I yeah, heard about it. Yeah, we did, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, right, we did right. 20,000 people a day. Who the fuck? Yeah, damn it. I knew it. I knew it. Damn it. Yeah. God, I feel like I'm talking to Woody Allen about Sunni. <laughs> my relationship with the potato salad is unhealthy. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Dating your daughter's bad? Bad? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you talking about my daughter? No. <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just lost my house. I'm not feeling that pasta, pasta salad right now. No, evidently there's plenty of pasta salad left. You fucks. Make them feel nice. And we'll give it to the dog. Oh my god. So yeah, so it's it's you know culinary school. I'm I'm, I'm chewing pizza. It's, they should take that name that New York thing off that fucking box. <laughs> I don't think it's New York. It's like New Mexico with a. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Uh, that's a Subway sandwich that threw up on a pizza. So, on your pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that was there. That was like the kitchen sink. Like I, I, I ordered this. Asian pears and olives and artichokes and oh Asian. I've crab, never just crab butter on that pizza. What's that? What's the that's name of the right? artichokes? There. That's crab butter on that other pizza. Don't eat it. What's the name of that pizza? Is that called the yoga pants? Can I just order it called the yoga pants? <laughs> oh my god I didn't know Lululemon had a pizzeria So <laughs> The Lululemon So <laughs> What I'm saying is there's a, there's a change in the guard You know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and what I'd love to see is that now it's happening again Right so all these kids um, they're, They open their taco trucks They open their little fucking tofu trucks They're realizing what the business is Right they don't have the mentors like we had. Our, our life was easy. They're learning this the hard way. They're learning it. You know, they, they take their dad's fucking, you know, $20,000 and 14 YouTube videos, and they put a knife and fork tattoo on their fucking thigh, and they think they're like, you know, they think they're a big shot. But, <laughs> but you know, I come, from, I come from old school Brooklyn where my father said, don't put two tattoos on your body because the cops will find you faster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Well, you as a Jew, you have different tattoo issues. <laughs> you have a whole other. Phone <laughs> <laughs> nine. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wanna, you, you're preaching. I want to hear. I like where it's going, and I, and I get it, I get it, I get it. It's like just generational. Every, like, you look at athletes that come in, and they're like, how the guys. 
how are they six five now and weigh two seventy and a right. linebacker? You know, it's like that that shit happens and there's never been a generation in life that has blamed the younger generation for their antics. This is tradition. This is this. And every, millennials, millennials, millennials. But you said it. It's just a different day and age, bro. And it's like, this is the thing. We were brought up David. way tougher. We were brought up where not everybody wins. We were brought up that Born. you can take a beating, and a beating's going to be good for you. And that's Born. this is a different day and age. And now right. kids, I look at these Billy. kids that are now... Technology, I can't even keep up with it. You're an iPhone. You're on iPhone 46 right now. It's like, it's like it changes the the microphone, the, this and that, and you gotta David. keep up with the stuff. These kids are smarter, and I think the real issue is, is because they have so much information so fast that they retain it so fast. The one thing they've realized is that if you're gonna be a laborer your whole life, what's the outcome? I mean. At the end of the day, you don't see chefs walk out of the kitchen at 65 and be like, let me meet the chef. And he's like, hey, come on up. He's got his breathing machine or, or whatever it is. Right? right. I mean, you're done. You have, a, you have a, almost a little elongated career and a sports figure in this life, right? It's and really... They see that. They see that. So it's like they want to see I can make money because I can manage, I can own, I can do this. Where other guys would want to, we want to will it to the craft. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's like, like you said, it is. It's like I beat my guys with such a velvet hammer, but I want them to understand the integrity of the business. We call it the velvet fuck you. I swear to God. <laughs> but that's a, that's a great God. way of but saying it. I also feel like discipline, I'm, I'm going to beat them, but I'm going to give them a message. I'm going to give them a reason why I'm going to do these things. And only a few are going to hang on, Kyle. There's less now yeah. than there was where you had white-eyed soldiers looking at you like everybody, hoo-ah. It was a beat of the drum. Oh. Heard? Heard, chap. Like it was, it was rhythm. Oh, that, yeah, that, that doesn't happen. Now it doesn't happen anymore. No. And you know what? I mean, can I judge him? I can judge. I can, all I can do is continue to coach up the guys. Because you're in the business. You're in the business. But it's different now. And I'm just saying, I don't want to judge it so much. Like, I, I just I just see it right away. I go, it's not for you. It's for you. It's not for you. you this isn't what you will do. And you, the sad part is, is these kids are dropping 80 grand, 60 grand on culinary school. And two years right. later, they're out. And it's like, it's a shame. Eli Bob. When, and that's what I like about the old hot knock stuff. And I thought, overseas, you don't have to go. This is great American chef. Yeah. I work for chefs that would not serve American cheese in the restaurants. And then 10 years later, like, we only serve, you know, Grafton's and... Right. Fucking Like, we do great shit in America. This is the great part of the world. <laughs> There's food from every part of this world in this wonderful country. There are chefs here. And you can still learn from anybody or everybody. I've learned more from people that I've worked uh, work for me then work for it. but I just think that now is 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 if you want to be a chef and you want to you want you want to be a chef what's true to true is you have to understand the time frame that's involved and first you have to commit to the cooking and you have to graduate it's in steps like when when you I tell my guys when you're self fucking sufficient in this kitchen you can no pastry chef can hold a gun to your head yeah. when you can out survive everybody and when people are asking you the questions that's when you put your time in and that's not a a one-year time frame, and I want my sous chef title. 10, 10, 11-year cooking frame for four or five great guys. There's, uh, there's, there's, and that's, it doesn't matter what, what career path. There's never, like, you can say, like, well, after 12 months, this is where you should yeah, be at. You either, you're going to put your time in or you're that's not. Right, and then we talked, we made this correlation earlier because we hung out on Monday and went to huh. some craft breweries. A lot of these guys are trying to do the same thing up here where they're trying to just yeah. get their beer yeah. out as fast as possible. Yeah. Hey man, I got a chance. I got a bank loan. I'm gonna buy this 
50 barrel system and I'm going to put out this great beer because I make great beer in my garage. And everyone thinks it's going to be the same success story, but it's the same thing. I feel like the labor of love is missed when you can just sit there and go, you know, I went from, uh, I'm going to do a garage thing for like six months. All my friends tell me I have really good beer. I'm going to get a bank loan. All of a sudden now I'm doing this. You missed like 10 years. You missed 12 years of the production process. And I feel like that's so, that is, this is exactly like, like before, like the corporate restaurant thing was a big deal. Like everyone was just opening these restaurants all the time. Open them, open them. Yeah. And now, like the breweries are doing the same thing. They're opening these breweries left and fucking right. They're like, oh, it's, we don't need a kitchen. We're just gonna do a taco truck. No problem. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy. Well, this we have a rotating rotating menu. It's no problem. It's all these things. You have two or three dishes on your menu. Right. Why is there sellout standards like knock your socks off? That'll carry eleven to fifteen other dishes on your menu. I've had to do ten things right. And I, I guarantee this. My last point that I just want to say because I've, I've jumped in here. No, no, dude, this is awesome. This is, bro, this is why we wanted bump, you guys to come up. You're a public villain. You can say whatever the fuck you want. We know each other and shit, but I guarantee you people like Bomac, you know, if Carl was in New York and a buddy has, like, I was in Bomac in Phoenix like two weeks ago, Carl, dude. And, and you know what? You know what Post said? He said, bro, my, that's my boy Carl. He's one of the best fucking cooks I know. That guy fucking rocks. Versus if that guy came back to New York and said, Hey, Bomack said that's one of the best chefs I know. I would take the fucking cook compliment. Yeah. If Carl said that about me, huh. I don't give a shit about how great I am as a chef because it's 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 taking away from what my natural human ability and what I got into this business for. But if I, if someone came back from NYC and was with Carl, yeah. and, and he was like, dude, I saw Carl New York Food and Wine, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he saw he talked about you. And I said, what did he say? And he said, Bomack's one of the best cooks I know. I'd be like, that's my fucking guy right there. Uh. It's a good cook. It's you know what's so funny, Bo, is that, like, you know, we talked about this before. The restaurant business is full of liars, and what that means is that like the way that we present this stuff isn't the way people always want to consume it. So, or the way that this stuff exists is not the way that people want to consume it. We have to frame it in a way that's palatable to them. So, like the food that we're talking about, you know, your grandmother's pot roast or you know, granddad's roast pork or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Like that, like we frame it in such a way that means something to us that will also mean something to them and what you just said right there actually encapsulates that so well people want to know the great chef but the people that really drive the bus want to know who the other great drivers are that's like like, i I don't give a shit you know about such and such chef who's the guy that can cook his balls off that's That's what you're talking about i'll tell you who's going to send me into battle who's going to go into battle with me right i'll tell you i'll tell you a grocery game story which is funny so we're doing <laughs> just in general, or this story is funny. So we're doing gro- <laughs> <laughs> not once or twice. <laughs> so I'm at grocery games, and 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 I'm. I got try- fucking thirty beers behind me, right. and I got and I got Dave, an amazing producer. He's bringing us up fucking some more billet. <laughs> because I'm about this life. I told my wife, I go, there's, I go, there's a strong chance I might not come home tonight. We all sleep here. It's fine. I ain't gonna be no sleeping. Yeah, exactly. No sleep till Brooklyn. <laughs> no sleep till NY Pie. I can't wait to explain to your wife you're going to have a little kid with glasses in nine months. <laughs> like, I can't believe Carl got me pregnant and the kid already has bad, pred- bad credit. So, so a little grocery game story. I was, um, I won this championship, like whatever. It's just like a fucking tournament, right? You mean you're the most, you're the most winning chef on that show, right? Easy. So 27 easily. Wins? 27? All day long. So I fucking making sure. Look so at that I, ring, baby. So I go, and then the next year, I realize that that people understand 
the difference between hype and you know what you're doing, right? So you have the camera crew, you have the sound crew, you have all these guys, right? And they saw, they watched me cook dozens of times. So not too long ago, I had to go like, they they pulled me cold out of the judges station and they said, you got to cook. What I didn't realize was the whole camera crew and the lighting crew and the other crew were betting like I was a fucking racehorse because they're like, yo, this kid is the real thing. And at the end, I'm sitting there and they're taking my microphone off and they're, you know, fixing me up for do, what we call interviews or whatever, debriefing or whatever after the thing. And people were showing up like people I didn't even know, like an electrician that runs the generator, like showing me like $50. Like, you the man, bro. <laughs> You killed that motherfucker. We knew it. A union guy? Yeah. Like, all the union guys were fucking hard betting. And I said, wow, like, that's my people. You know what I mean? Because labor understands labor. Labor respects labor. And and one thing as a chef, that's like... so true, man. One thing so as a chef, like, people cut for me because I cut faster than them. They want to be me. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they when When I'm in the kitchen... You know, you have to, you, when you're, you know, Bo McMillan or me or anybody, you got to part the waters. You got to be better than everyone in there. Because if not, go fucking to Staples, get a clipboard and a Sharpie and just disappear, cuz, because that's who you are. It's an amazing amount of pressure you know I mean? on dudes like, in, in your position. I still can't spell. But you know what? If you drop a birthday cake, I can make you a sheet in about 19 minutes. You know what I mean? So, so what do you want? You want a chef with a Sharpie? Or you want a chef that can make a birthday cake after your coked up fucking manager steps on the one in the walk-in? I mean, at the end of the day, it's one of the biggest things that comes from is problem assessment and problem solving and reactive into it. It's, that's just where I am today in looking at younger guys and being in the things, but having an answer that can help them when their like light bulb goes off, like, dude, it's like at your worst because... If you failed 99 times, you've been in a situation, you know how to get yourself out of it. Right. And that's really what's, it's, it's experience is failure. I mean, I hate to say it. It's what totally is, there. dude. And then you hold that stuff. And that's like today, Kyle, listening to what you say, and I'm like right into it, bro. I'm like, I'm like, I had a 30 minute challenge today. One of the most exhilarating things. That you won. That you won. Are we allowed to talk about that? Kind of. I mean, we'll dance around it. I'm just talking about this. Yo, did, you took your shirt off. Are they going to put this on after hours? Beer. What's going on? Beer is, is one of the best I will pay $100 for a Butte McMillan air freshener. I live in Chatham. You I live in Chatham. <laughs> yeah, that was about as Chatham as it gets right there. I say Butte. Butte. I say Butte because you remind me of Tristan, fucking young Brad Pitt with the cowboy hat in the rain. <laughs> 30 minutes. Here it is. It's live. And, and to this day, I'm a grown man. That was my whole life. Fear is what controls me. It's the fear of this, that, failure, this. Every anticipation, every move, detail. It's awareness. It's it's constant. Like, it was just, it was, and it was exhilarating, and it was over, and I was done. Win or lose, I don't care. I was done. I was right. done. Felt that same way. It wasn't about winning. It wasn't about losing. It was just about making it and yeah. feeling it. And I felt it. It was awesome. The, the, the fear aspect is so interesting to me. You know, we've, we've made this connection three times on this show already. But fucking, you know, 
He's talking about this fear drives him to be good at it. It's a baseball player's mentality. I'm going to fail seven times, right? Like, I don't want to... So I'm going to spend 500 swings a day in the batting cage, right? And so that... And I'm going to hit all the straight balls so that when the breaking ball comes, I know how to adjust and fix it. I've swung through it eight times. So on the ninth and tenth time, I'm going to hit it out of the park. It's the same idea. It's like, you know, there are just so many factors. You know, it's the... You know, it's it's one thing to be able to make the Bernays sauce. It's something else to make it when it to fix it after it breaks. You know what I mean? Like just that type of like mentality. That's what people don't get. And like guys that like have grown up in the in environment that you've grown up in is that like they will figure out how to make it work. The dudes, the dudes that like I, that I manage today are like, well, it's broken. I'll just I'll just take another eight minutes and make a new one. Like no, like you don't understand. These fucking steaks are coming off right now. The dudes today are like, it's broken. Can someone else make it for me, chef? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, chef, can you show me? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All I know is every kitchen I worked in for the last 15, 20 years, when something goes wrong, everybody looks at me. That's a, well, that's a and guess what? I thrive on that. And that's what's that's, funny. That's the drill, Kyle. That's the point I was going to make earlier. Is like, that's your fucking jam, bro. Right. That is like... That is like, at the end of the day, when you're looking at guys that are looking at you going like, dude, we're done here. Like, there's no coming back from this. Then there's you. That, then That's like, me. That, I like, am. When you deliver that for them, right. you are a god, bro. And it's right. just like the gods that were before you, right. that taught you and taught you. There's no better feeling than that. It isn't the paycheck. It ain't the Twitter followers. It's no. not the notoriety. It's kind of really... It's the answer of going like, been there, been in this foxhole, been in this war, been in this battle, seen it all. This is what we do. Right. Let me lead. That's that's. that's and that's what I do. I have my legion. I have my legion. And whenever I leave somewhere, people come with me. Why? Because they're safe. Because they need me on that wall. They want, want me, me on, on that, that wall. wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so let me ask you this, guys. So let me ask you guys this. And all of your sort of growing pains, how many chefs or kitchen managers or leaders did you deal with that just let you fucking, like, like just let you flail? See, where we come from, we come from A, um, A markets, right? Where you don't fail. Because New York City, Los Angeles, uh, Miami, uh, San Francisco, uh, everybody talks, right? Right. So chefs have, we have an internal Yelp, right? <laughs> Where we Yelp cooks, you know what I mean? So you might get away with, you know, fucking with Bo, you know, in Arizona, where he is now. But guess what? Bo Rat will call me to tell me there's a bad cook on the loose faster than you'll call me for my kid's birthday. No, but what, <laughs> I, mean, but, but what I mean is back up 25 years, 20 years, 18 years, whatever. You're right. still coming up, right? right? We've all dealt with the manager that just will just let you flail. Right, just right. figure it out. I don't have time for you. Right? No, but, but in, what I'm saying is, in these primary markets, those managers don't exist very long. Not now. Well, well that, okay, so that's what I'm getting at. Right. Right. Because remember, we. Yeah. Cut it to a double over. That dude, he just ate that shit up, probably. Threw him on the meat station with Roberto, one of my guys. Was like, 
baller. Beast. And a beast. I'm like, Roberto, show Sam. Show him two days. Saturday night, I walk into the restaurant. I'm like, you're on grill tonight. Shout his pants. Later, he walks up to me and goes, Chef, I, I, I don't think I'm ready for the grill. And I'm like, let me tell you something, you stupid moron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is really loving. It's shit. It, it, and second of all, if, if just so you know, if I didn't think you were ready, I wouldn't have put you on that spot. So you, it's sink or swim time for you. This is your moment of truth, bro. Either you have it or you don't. Because you get, you, I used to get one chance. One. I'll show you one more time. And after that one time it was done. But that's not the mentality today. I had a manager in New York that used to say, I was like this, that. I'm like, are you ready? He worked real Saturday night. He killed it. I looked at him at 9.30 at night at the end of our first turn. I was like, are you ready? And he goes, yeah, I'm ready. I'm like, yeah, bitch, believe in yourself because you can fucking do it. That's the difference between the manager that or the leader that sends you in or takes you in. Right? That's the difference is the guy believes like if you believe in me, then I believe because we've been through a lot of this. Guys, I remember I remember I remember growing up in the restaurant business and we were sitting there. And there's this guy, Emilio, and he was a vicious cokehead. Vicious. Yeah, imagine that. We're breaking news here. Sports meets beer. Breaking news desk. So, so this is before I. This this is before. He's the best man at my wedding. We're texting him. Is more like it. I mentioned my first kid's name is Emilio. So so. Comes to my they they come to my office. I'm the chef already, right? They come to my they come to my office. I'm the chef already. I'm a big shot. And I said, uh, you know, we're gonna move him into the hot station, but uh, he has a coke problem. Perfect. And I got a bunch of snowflakes around me, and they're fucking showing me everything he does wrong and shit. He's peeing in the sink and the, on the camera, and uh, you know stuff that I don't think is that bad, but whatever. <laughs> Because so, Emilio and Carl look a lot alike on the security cameras, so he's just trying to brush it under the rug. <laughs> so, so I sit there and I got all these managers and all these fucking you know people with a bunch of degrees telling me how this kid is a liability. And, or, and, I, and I said, uh, "Listen, guys, at the end of the day, what are we doing? We're pumping out food, right? Yeah. We're gonna pump out food. This kid can pump out food. Yeah. May he yeah. die on the line." I got it. I'll be there. I'll be expoing. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll be expediting. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when, when we came up in the business, whatever your personal life was, whatever your look was, it didn't matter. It mattered that you can do it. And this kid did it. You know what I mean? And he did it. And Judge by, judge by results. And I tell people, you want to end racism, fucking put everyone in the kitchen. Because it doesn't matter if you're black, Jew, Spanish, Tall, skinny, fat, titties, no titties, shame. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It matters that you can do it. And every day, every day we get farther away from that. You know, like I, I, I compete on grocery games. Like I, sometimes I compete with these young kids. You know, they're waiting for fucking slaps on the back or this and that. I just put my head down and I cook. You know what I mean? And, and, and as much as I hate it. I remember, you know, every day I'm trying to figure out what day they're going to sneak me up with, like, the day I have to cook. And I talk to the producers, and I bitch and I moan, but I do it, and I do it right, and I do it as best as I can. And every time I do it, I go back there to the people that lied to me, and I shake their hand. I say, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Because that's how important 
the beauty of my career is because I have so many guys that came up before me, Steven Santoro, all these guys that taught me that never were able to be on the Food Network. So, But I cook them. I cook their food. I cook their hands. Their hands are my hands. Freestyle Michelin shop, battling on Top Shop in a major battle where he was drawn to be a partner where someone had an advantage and they could pick these three chefs and they were amazing chefs. It's her prepare. I mean, it's like... Oh. That's my boy, the Ripper. And, yeah. And, and Steffi goes, I want him on my team. And he was battling against two other chefs. And during the battle, there was a chef on another fucking team doing something he had never seen before. And he stopped and said, Steph, give me a minute. And he went over and watched. And at the end of the, at the, end of the show, they interviewed him. And he's like, I've just never seen it done before. And I wanted to learn something. Like, and here's a guy at the top of the food chain. Top of the food chain. Who took a timeout for a minute for a lesson from a kid who was competing but had a skill set. And that's, that's the beauty of this industry is I don't care how old you are. You're going to learn and you're going you're gonna to continue to learn. It's, it's about giving. It's about getting it back. And it's just seeing that shit from a guy like him and going. It's like people need to take heed and need to, need to recognize that. It's just like, dude, it's, this is a people thing. That's what it's about. And, and you, you said it. Racism ended. Put him in the kitchen. But I've never had better brothers. I've never had. And I'm, I haven't been in a fraternity. I've been on teams. I understand team sports. I love, I love camaraderie. I love people. I love, that's what I do. But when you can gel, I've never played in a band like Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. but I've had rock star lines. I've had rock star when I was a bassist on Saute or the, 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 the electric guitarist down on Grill or even just the hot app guy trying to play the triangle. Right, right. I'm Cuban. We're, we're partial to the triangle. <laughs> yeah, the flute. Cubans love the flute. <laughs> love the flute. Any musical instrument that can float or make part of a boat. <laughs> so, so the first week the first week I went out to uh, went out to New York with Carl where he's you know he's got some half a day off he's showing me some I don't even remember where we were at but I meet him at probably, probably. <laughs> no I, I meet him I meet him outside we uh, go to Flavortown that's where we go <laughs> I meet him outside Son Cubano we have drinks in Son Cubano and, and we're off he's done he's worked his day whatever it's you know I don't even, it's four o'clock on a Saturday or Sunday, mm. probably. Mm. And he gets a phone call from Gaucho Steakhouse, Montclair. Yeah. Montclair? Yeah. Gaucho Steakhouse. Hey, so and so called in sick. A place that he helped open that he's not working at anymore. Hey, so and so called in sick. Can you come help out? He's like, come on, we're going for a ride. So we fucking get in the tr- we get on the train. We ride out to Jersey. He shows up, cooks dinner service. Him and one other guy, 150 covers. No problem. Guy's like, hey, help us run food out here, will you? I'm like, yeah, whatever you guys need. I. Home 330. He goes, help, hey, help run food, whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. So I'm running food out. He's fucking cooking steaks, whatever. Just showed up. He goes, trust me, I know that I just met the nice lady who's sleeping. <laughs> oh, no. So there's another chef. So this is how it is. So so we sent out the bat signal, right? right. So I'm like doing a podcast in my room. They're like, so all the chefs are like, what are you talking about? We're like, we're talking about being fucking chefs. They're like. All right, and guess what? You got a room full of fucking shit. I know, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. It is awesome. 330. Tell him to call the guy. A room full of chefs. <laughs> yeah, tell him, tell him to call Emilio real quick. <laughs> Carl needs Emilio to be Tell him to call Emilio. I need some fucking... I need some afterburner sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Emilio! Oh, my God. Mayday's on his way. 
But that's a, that's that and that, and that's what I'm saying. Like there's. So Aaron May, Aaron May, fucking giant asshole, right? But, but, the kid went through it. He cooked, and we deal with it. We tolerate it. Like, like, I get stories, chefs. I'm like, they're like, oh, dude, I work for this guy. He's it, but I work for him too, you know. And I'm like, yeah, man, yeah. So he spit at you like a llama. Uh, uh, it happens, <laughs> right? Like, like nobody goes under the bus, like. Uh, with us, we'll put you under the bus if right. you stop producing, because that's what we do. We yeah, fucking produce. I call Greenspan. A Greenspan fucking produces. Bo produces, right? We're we're every day in the grind. Every day. You know what I mean? We touch it. We feel it. They come to when there's a problem. That's beauty. That's when you know you own shit. That's when you know you know shit. I worked at my resort for 19 years. It's a wonderful place. I'm grateful. I'm not, don't want to sound over it, but when there's an issue, right. a problem, or when they can't fix it, I'm the guy. They go to the owner. They go to the guy who owns basically, it. Basically, right? yeah. whether you Whether you sign the checks or not, they go to the person who owns and it. I own it. I, I said, how many chefs do you know that work for somebody else that still own their livelihood, right. own their people, own their food, own their... That's the thing. This place is home for me. This is where I'm, I'm from. I'm about making people better. I'm about success in everybody and certainly this. But it is the best. It is the best when you can look back and go like, I told you. This is what we got to do. This is how you got to do this. This is how you do that. And, and it's it's that only comes from experience. And, mm. and, and half of it is mostly failure in it. It's trials and tribulation. We're a bunch of failures. That's it. That but no not know how not to fail. Like, yeah. Mm. Well, that's someone else. You can only throw hot water on a dog so many times. That's right, <laughs> I think that's Vietnamese cooking. Eric Greenspan is whistling. He's like whistling. a Vietnamese, in the hallway. In the... Like a Vietnamese lady boy. He is whistling. <laughs> huh? He must be wearing gray. <laughs> so he matches the hallway. <laughs>